what a wonderful thing it is just to hear uh, God's people uh, praise God's name and lift uh, our voices to worship the one true king, the Lord of heaven. Of that there is no dispute. Of that there is no glitches in any machines. He is king of all. And we are thankful this morning uh, that we can trust in that reality and that we can sing uh, to him and worship his name uh, because he is worthy of all worship and all praise this morning. And so, man, it is great to be here. I am so thankful that you are here, thankful that you decided to take time out of your uh, Lord's Day to come to God's house and or to tune in and to be able to be a part of this this morning. Uh, I trust that um, no matter what this week has brought us, that we can come into God's house, that we can put a smile on our face and be reminded of God's goodness, uh, be reminded of the fact that uh, this world is not our home. We are just a passing through, and uh, that is a great comforting reality. No matter who's in charge of the government, it's still a wonderful reality, and uh, we are thankful for that. I'm thankful that uh, this morning we have a place that is a local church where we can have uh, great pastors, great uh, leadership that leads us uh, to be able to enjoy uh, this uh, fellowship, enjoy this time of growth, enjoy uh, preparation for what God has in store for us in the months and years ahead. And I'm excited about being in God's house this morning. Are you excited? All right. I trust you are. I trust you're ready uh, to be able to learn and glean some things together. Uh, man, I, um, as I always do, uh, when I start thinking about uh, uh, preaching, and Pastor Jeremy asked me uh, to, uh, to, to be able to share some things, man, it's just always a challenge to me. I, I, I want to say so much, and then you're always wanting to be also connected and, and engaged with what's going on, but at the same time, you don't want to be overcome by modern uh, events and current events and things like that that. You want to be uh, um, relevant to scripture and follow what it is. And God has so much to say to us. And yet, you know, you have a constrained amount of time. And so we want to do what we can. Go with me to Exodus 13. Exodus 13. And I'm, I'm big on contextual. I'm big on, on being able to get the context of where we're at. So here we are in Exodus chapter 13. Um, if you know your Bible, Genesis, Exodus. So we're not too far away from the beginning, uh, although some time has passed. Uh, but uh, we're towards the beginning of the, New, of the Old Testament. And here in the book of Exodus, um, in chapter number 13, we're actually at the tail end of some a dark period of time, okay, for specifically God's chosen people. Obviously, beginning in, in Genesis, God brought Abraham, and he uh, made of him a great nation. And so these hundreds of years have gone by, and that great nation has begun uh, to come into fruition. And then there was some problems, and lo and behold, they didn't do what God wanted them to do, and they get hauled off into captivity. Captivity. And uh, now, after being in Egypt under captivity as slaves for 430 years, think about that. And under this modern uh, thought process for us, we go through a rough four or eight periods and we're ready to throw in the towel. Here it is, God's chosen people, 430 years of captivity, 430 years of slavery, 430 years of the bad guys winning and the good guys being on the bad end of the totem pole, right? And here it is. That's where we find ourselves. Um, in fact, and in, uh, in just if you want to make sure to double check me on that, fact check me as Facebook likes to do, uh, Exodus chapter 12 and verse number 40 says, now the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. So there it is. The Bible says it, so it's true. So 430 years that they were journeying, if you want to put use the King James word, sojourning, um, they were there in Egypt under that slavery, under that those rulers. And the generations had passed. The Bible says actually four generations had passed during that time that they were there. 
rough uh, patch of, of history for them, for Israel, for God's people. Um, a time when really you just look at it and if you were an Israelite, you would say, man, where was God? Well, what's going on here? And so it was a, a rough time. And then we come into chapter number, the latter part of chapter number 12, obviously, is, uh, is when um, the Passover is installed. This is at the back end of Moses showing up, and, and the plagues came, the 10 plagues. You children remember that, or at least you may learn it in Sunday school. You got the 10 plagues. Anybody, can any of the kids under, under 12 years of age, a name for me one of the 10 plagues? What's going on? What do we got over here? You remember one of the 10 plagues? What happens? Yes. Frogs, right? There was a bunch of frogs at one point, right? So we remember the frogs. And so you remember a lot of those things. And some of you are like, what? There were frogs? No, no, no. So even the kids know that. So uh, there were frogs. There was uh, all these 10 plagues. Well, at the vast at back end of those uh, situations that God brought about as he was converting uh, the heart of the leader um, was uh, then the death of the firstborn, right? And so that's what we find at the, at the uh, chapter number 12, the Passover. And the children of Israel had to kill that lamb that's less than one years of age. They had to get the blood. They had to paint it on the post. And so this is where we find ourselves, okay? At the back end of chapter 12, going into chapter number 13, we find ourselves there. And I'm going to read one verse, and then I've got something to share as I uh, look at, uh, at some things that uh, hopefully will connect with us this morning, which is our desire. It says this in Exodus 13 and verse number 3. It says, And Moses said unto the people, Moses, the person that God used as that leader, he grew up uh, in the, among the Egyptians, rescued in a miraculous way. He himself was a walking miracle. And here God uses him to, after being over in the desert, being refined by God, after he had killed somebody and had to run away, God find him in a desert place. He brings them back to lead God's people out of there. They've gone, they've been let go. They're being let out. And this is Moses. And Moses said unto the people, remember this day in which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought you out from this place and there shall be no leavened bread be eaten. Amazing verse, amazing context, amazing panoramic view of what we got. But that, ver that a word that begins the first phrase that Moses uttered is where I want to draw our attention to this morning. Remember. Remember this day. So I titled my message this morning, Don't Forget. Don't Forget. And you know, it just made me think. Uh, I've got a lot of different things that when I think about don't forget, you know what? That just reminds me of something real quick. Hey, Siri, remind me to finish the message in 20 minutes. All right, fantastic. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, we have to set reminders on our phones nowadays. How many of you guys do that, right? You can do that. Uh, yeah, talk with Siri. Everybody watches like, or everybody's phone's like, Siri, what? Uh, but uh, we set reminders for ourselves now. Our, our lives are so busy and our memories and minds are so cluttered that even, even the mundane things, you know, we have to set little reminders on. Um, back in the day, we had these, uh, you know, these things that we would do uh, on, our, on our calendars or whatnot. Now we, we just, basically, everything's through the phone. But maybe it's, it's setting a reminder on Siri. Maybe it's, um, you know, I, I found it fascinating. I, I, I was looking this up. Um, you know that dolphins, dolphins, they can hear a certain whistle because dolphins, that's how they communicate through whistles. So they can hear a certain whistle of a fellow dolphin and 20 years later, they still recognize that specific whistle of that other dolphin and they still know each other 20 years later. 
Uh, I know a certain brother of mine that that's a challenge for him, right? Uh, no, we joke a lot with Jason because Jason's the kind of guy that he just, he would talk about, hey, remember when this, and he's like, what? And he just, uh, five minutes later, uh, he's got that goldfish memory, which by the way, I, I learned is not true. Goldfish actually do remember stuff, all right? So uh, it's just a phrase that we use, but it's not true. Remind me of another occasion, which maybe y'all guys have heard. Um, my father, uh, being a young father at the moment, he went to a restaurant. And at this uh, certain segment of, of, their, uh, of our family history, my mom was working at a bank. And, uh, and so Jeremy goes with, uh, Pastor Jeremy goes with my dad to a restaurant to meet somebody. Well, Jeremy being a little guy that he was, Pastor Jeremy being a little guy that he was at that time, uh, he crawls under this uh, uh, table at the restaurant, which had those long flowing tablecloths. Uh, so it was a nicer restaurant at that moment. And, uh, and he falls asleep. And uh, our senior pastor, my dad, he uh, finishes the conversation, finishes the meeting with the other gentleman that's there, gets up, gets in his car, pulls out of the parking lot and leaves. He's coming down Expressway 83 back in those early 80 years and uh, in the, in the, uh, the mid-80s. And uh, about halfway back to his house, he remembers, I forgot something. <laughs> And back then, it was a little two-lane highway uh, that was running around 83, and he found the next little U-turn, did a U-turn, and broke a whole lot of uh, laws on his way back uh, to go find uh, Pastor Jeremy coiled up there under the table, still sound asleep, praise the Lord, and, uh, and we found him, so he's still here. So, uh, but he forgot. He forgot something. He forgot something. Many times in our life, it's just part of what happens, right? But I've, I've labeled this morning's message, Don't Forget, because I believe that as important as it was for the leader of uh, Israel at that point, Moses, God's chosen leader to lead uh, Israel out and the victories that were going to happen and all that was before them, he, 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 he uttered this phrase. And it was such a pivotal phrase for that generation. It was going to be a pivotal phrase for the generations that came later. And here we are several thousand years later, and it still continues to be an important phrase because I believe that it is of utmost importance to us to realize that this is spoken even to us. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for reproof for instruction. And this morning, I want us to look at scripture not as something that was a bygone dusty book from a long time ago. This is God's live living word. And here it, it speaks to us today, this morning, and it has something to, ch to tell us. It tells us, don't forget. Remember, Moses said unto the people, God said to the people, God used Moses to tell the people, and many times we'll find this time and time again in the Old Testament, God tells his man, tell the children of Israel, don't forget, don't forget, remember, remember, and this morning, I want to challenge you in regards to that, don't forget, don't forget, let's pray and ask for God's help. Father, we thank you for this morning, thank you for the opportunity we have to be here, thank you, Father, because you are so good and gracious to us. Lord, far above what anything we deserve. And Father, even being here this morning giving, giving us life, breath, and health is more than we deserve. But Father, we have so much more than that. We have food in our pantries. We have roofs over our heads. We have a place to call home. We have family. We have so many treasures and blessings that money cannot buy. And so Father, we thank you for the blessings. Pray this morning that the message and the minutes that we have together will be an encouragement and a blessing to every listener as it has been to mine. Pray all this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Don't forget, remember, remember, 
Here in Exodus chapter 13, Moses begins and God's word steers us towards remember, remember. And I want to begin this morning by first of all pointing out that next phrase, remember this day, remember this day. I want to challenge you this morning in regards to don't forget, remember this day. I want to challenge you to remember miraculous moments, miraculous moments. You see, here in the story of Israel, uh, the children of Israel were about to experience and were experiencing and walking through a miraculous moment, a moment in which God's mighty hand was taken out of the existence of eternity and, and, and poking into the timeline of the existence of time and causing something to happen that was great and mighty and powerful, and Moses wanted to caution them to remember the miraculous moments. Remember this day, this day. I want to challenge you because you see, for us this day in the modern era, for us sometimes we can go through these days and we can forget. We can forget. We can forget that moment when we kneeled at an, at a, at an altar. We can forget that moment when we kneel next to a sofa. We can forget that moment when we kneeled next to a desk at 12 years of age and we asked Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins, to become our Lord and our Savior when we acknowledge the fact that on that cross two thousand years ago he was paying for our sin and that miraculous moment that miraculous redemption that Jesus Christ did as he took a wicked sinner and he plunged it beneath his blood and out came a righteous perfect saint not through works of our own doing but because of the miraculous work of God I want to challenge you this day remember miraculous moments Remember miraculous moments. I think about December 20th, 2003. I remember sitting up or standing up on that altar, shake legs of shaking, my heart beating fast. My best man, Pastor Jeremy, is sitting next to me saying, don't pass out, don't pass out. It's my beautiful wife made her entrance to that aisle. And I thought about how many times my parents had, pay, had prayed for that moment. When I was in my mom's tummy, they prayed for me. They prayed for my salvation, but they prayed for my future spouse. They prayed for my future wife. And I, and I think about all the moments when the devil tried to uh, steer a different path in my life and how that led to, to my parents' prayer so that that moment would come to fruition. And I, I think about our marriages, the miraculous moments of God intervening and bringing godly marriages to fruition. Maybe you weren't the kind that had a parent that prayed for that, but you were a kind that God redeemed your marriage. Maybe your marriage was in crisis. Maybe there was a moment where you were at the point of separation, of disaster, of destruction, of divorce, and God came in and he did a miraculous work in you. Can we not forget those miraculous moments? Moses said, remember this day. Remember this day. Remember those miraculous moments. Remember that salvation. Remember that marriage. Remembered answered prayer. Do you have those moments? Those moments when you were sitting in that waiting room in that hospital, when you were waiting on that phone call from that doctor, when there was a, a time in which uh, you thought there was no hope and maybe it was even given to you in such a way that there was no hope. God intervened in a miraculous way, and time marches on, and sometimes it's easy to forget. Don't forget. 
Maybe it was a business transaction that looked like it was just going to implode on you. Maybe it looked like there was a moment in which there was no hope and, and, and the bills were high and the funds were low and it just didn't look like it was going to work out. I can tell you in my 16 years at Camp Loma de Vida, there were moments and I can remember with great, uh, very vividly, I can remember moments where I thought there's no way that we're going to make it out of this. There's no way that this can continue on. This is going to fall apart. This is not going to continue on and I will not forget those moments when in that moment that check appeared in that moment somebody came along and encouraged us in that moment something took place so that it all worked out that authority figure uh, changed his heart and that, that that permission was granted that thing was done and I'm telling you don't forget those moments remember remember miraculous moments here Moses he points to the people of Israel because he knew this was a miraculous moment. And he knew that the tendency of nature, of human nature, is such that as time marches on, we tend to just take for granted those things in which God acted upon, those things in which God did. And here it was, the children of Israel, after 430 years of captivity, after seeing the bad guys win so long, and here it was, God stepped out of eternity and into time to work through Moses to do something great of this chosen people of God. And Moses said, Remember this day. Remember this day. Can I challenge you today? Can, can I challenge you to take some time to meditate, to think on those miraculous moments? Don't forget about that. If you have not experienced some of those miraculous moments, can I encourage you to start with the first one that I spoke about? Because I can tell you that there is no greater miraculous moment that is so awesome to experience than when we come to Jesus Christ and we present to him our wicked sin and our failed life and our nothing but filthy rags worth of life. And he takes it and he plunges it underneath the blood of Jesus Christ. And because we believe in Jesus Christ that he died for our sins, that moment moment of salvation is something that nothing can replace and there is no mysticism in it it is just a reality laid out in scripture for whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved and i'm telling you miraculous moments are incredible to experience if you've never experienced one can you start there start there this moment because i can tell you right now that it will be the first of many miraculous moments that god can do in your life Maybe you're on the verge of that one decision away from seeing your marriage fall apart. Maybe you're on the verge of uh, he's in this room, she's in that room. Maybe you're on the verge of there just being a falling apart of your family. Maybe you're on the verge of that prodigal son, that wayward child that doesn't seem to be uh, able to, to do right before God. And, and maybe you're on the verge. Can I tell you, uh, when God works, when God intervenes, may we not forget. May we not forget this day. It's a date on a calendar. It's a marked moment in history. For us as a nation, I look back and as I study accurate history, I think of that General George Washington going to the forest and praying for his army that was greatly outnumbered, that had no chance, and coming before God as those uh, soldiers' feet were full of blood and, 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 that, and that snow had eaten away at their flesh. And he sat there and he prayed to God and asked God to intervene so that this young current country could be birthed, so that it could be a place of religious freedom, the reason why the Puritans had come, so that there could be a place where God could be worshipped freely, where the 
church, where the state would not establish a church that would handcuff a people to believe a certain way, but that there would be freedom of religion. And I think about how God took that raggedy army and brought about a great victory. May we not, may we not forget those miraculous moments. May we not forget the miraculous moments when at one point there was only a, 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 a word of God in Hebrew and Greek. And, and there was a plowboy who would go and he would sit outside this window and do his work. But he would come to church and he didn't understand Greek and Hebrew and he didn't understand what it was that they were saying. And there was a man that went and said, you know what we need to do? We need to take this Greek and Hebrew Bible and we need to translate it to the language that even the plowboy could understand and could grasp the depths and the beauty of God's word. Let's not forget the miraculous moment when in our hands and in our phones, we now have so many different translations of the word of God that's understandable and easy for us to grasp and, con and concepts for us to understand. But listen, it wasn't always that way. It wasn't always that way. There was a miraculous moment when it cost the blood of saints, yes. And was there a, a great task and a great cost to be paid? You bet. But in the midst of all that, it was God working miraculous moments for you and I to have his word in our hands today. Miraculous moments. Oh, when I think about this church, I think about sitting here on a big pile of dirt. The orange grove being shoved to a pile over there after a few weeks of it sitting there all dried up, lighting it on fire, seeing the snakes and the mice run out of the bonfire. And I was there. I lived it. I saw it. I was there in the flesh. And as we sit here in this beautiful auditorium, as we sit here in this air-conditioned building, as we drive into that, par of pay, uh, that paved parking lot, may we not forget God's miraculous moments. As we look at that building that's over there for our future fellowship hall gymnasium, you guys remember that being a big pile of caliche dirt? And you say, Pastor John, it's because we gave and it's because we, we did a big banquet. No, it's because of God's intervention and God's goodness and God's miraculous moments. May we not forget. Don't forget the miraculous moments. It says in Exodus chapter 3 and verse number 13, And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which he came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Oh, that beautiful salvation, picture of salvation. Why? Because sin had us in bondage, dear friend. And we were slaves to sin. And we have been freed, praise God, for the miraculous moments. But look at what it says. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought you out of this place. For by strength of hand. Don't forget the miraculous moments, but don't forget the mighty hand. Don't forget the mighty hand. Oh, in Exodus 12 and verse 12 and 13, it says this in Exodus 12, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Oh, dear friend, this morning, I want us to remember the fact that we have a mighty God who has a mighty hand and his hand is something we must not forget. It works in the lives and it inter intervenes in the lives of everyday humans. But let's not humanize him because this morning I want to tell you, dear friend, that the strength of armies and the strength of horses and the strength of political savvy is nothing next to the mighty hand of God this morning. And don't forget that. Don't forget the miraculous moments, but don't forget the mighty hand. 
Don't forget the mighty hand. I put there the verse next to the slide there, Deuteronomy 26 and verse 8. I think the slide is there, Mom. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, yeah. It says, and this is the New Living Translation. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand and a powerful arm, with overwhelming terror and with miraculous signs and wonders. May we not forget the miraculous moments, but may we not forget the mighty hand of God. You say, what does that mean to me today, Pastor John? It means that there's nothing to fear in this life because we have the mighty hand of God on our side. We must not forget it. We must not forget that the Lord, the Lord is the strong one. We are weak. And we, go with me to, to Psalm chapter 24. I love the way the psalmist puts it here in Psalm, 20, uh, Psalm 24. And uh, the whole psalm is beautiful. And just for the time's sake, I'm going to jump to verse number 8. Psalm 24 and verse 8. It speaks about the, the king of glory. Who is this king? It says in verse number 8, Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. May we not forget the mighty hand of God. The mighty hand of God. And you say, but Pastor John, today it doesn't look like it's a mighty hand of God. It doesn't look like that. Uh, certain aspects of life, maybe uh, you look at, at abortions, you look at child trafficking, you look at all these things, you look at wars, you look at, at, at uh, 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 great Christians being persecuted in North Korea, in China, in Iran, in Iraq, in the Middle East, uh, in California, and in many places, and you say, it doesn't look like it. Man, I came across this, and I just want to leave it for you here. Just when re- in regards to understanding this mighty hand, I would have pulled Joseph out of that pit, out of that prison, out of that pain, and I would have cheated nations out of the one God would use to deliver them from famine. I would have pulled David out, out of Saul's spearing, uh, spear-throwing presence, out of the caves he hid away in, out of the pain of rejection, and I would have cheated Israel out of a God-hearted king. I would have pulled Esther out, out of being snatched from her only family, out of being placed in a position she never asked for, out of the path of a vicious, power-hungry foe, and I would have cheated a people out of the woman God would use to save their very lives. I would have pulled Jesus off, off the cross, off the road that led to suffering and pain, off the path that would mean nakedness and beatings, nails and thorns, and I would have cheated the entire world out of a Savior, out of salvation, out of an eternity filled with no more suffering and no more pain. Oh, friend, I want to pull you out. I want to change your path. I want to stop your pain. But right now, I know I would be wrong. I would be out of line. I would be cheating you and cheating the world out of so much good because God knows He knows the good this pain will produce. He knows the beauty this heart will grow. He's watching over you and keeping you even in the midst of this, and he's promising you that you can trust him even when all feels like more than you can bear. So instead of trying to pull you out, I'm lifting you up. I'm kneeling you before the Father, and I'm asking you to give you strength, to give you hope. I'm asking him to protect you and to move you when the time is right. I'm asking him to help you to stay prayerfully and discerning. I'm asking him how I can best love you and be a help to you I'm believing he's going to use your life in a powerful and beautiful way. God's mighty hand can do great things and will do great things. Let's not forget that. Even in the midst of what's going on around us, may we not forget. Oh, Moses said in Exodus 13, 3, don't forget. Remember this day. Remember those miraculous moments. But remember how it came by. Listen, dear friend, you're not going to rescue your marriage. You're not going to rescue your business. You're not going to rescue your life by your own strength, in your own knowledge. Oh, I had so many friends that I've spoken with through the years. And as I challenged 
encourage them in regards to right living and in regards to godly living. They're like, yes, I'm just a little bit more knowledge away from being able to figure this thing out. I remember a dear friend who, that was a, a, a phrase that he would utter many times. I just got to figure this out. There is no figuring it out. There's only giving it to God and letting his mighty hand work in our lives. Oh, dear friend, this morning, don't forget. Don't forget the miraculous moments. Don't forget the mighty hand. Oh, but look at what it goes on to do. In Exodus chapter 13, verse number 3, is the establishment of this, of many feasts, of this one of the many feasts that the children of Israel would do to remember many great things. And this is so key. In verse number 8, as we jump down to verse number 8 of Exodus chapter 13, as it's unfolding here in front of us on this very passage, it says this, And thou shalt show thy son in that day. That word son is meant to, it could be children, right? It's general. It's not specifically speaking to just boys. It's saying, And thou shalt show thy children or thy son that day, saying, This is done because of that which the Lord did unto me when I came forth out of Egypt. Jump down to verse number 14, and it says this, And it shall be when thy son or thy children asketh thee in time to come, saying, What is this that thou shalt say unto him? By strength of the hand of the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of bondage. You say, Pastor John, what does all that mean? It means remember the miraculous moments. It means remember the mighty hand. But it also means to remember to have meaningful conversations about it. Can I tell you in my world today, I am more concerned because we have traded in the digital tablet for the dinner table. We have turned talking into texting. We have gone from family night to fortnight, and we have gone from fellowships to followers and picks. And I'm telling you this morning that we need to have meaningful conversation. God tells us in his word that it is important to have those conversations with that next generation. Can I encourage you, mom and dad, today? Can I encourage you to go and make sure you share with them how you were saved? Do your children know your God story? Do they know how God took you from a wicked sinner? You say, Brother John, I was only eight years old. It doesn't matter. You were a wicked sinner, eight-year-old, and God transformed your heart. Can I tell you that the work of God doesn't matter if you were eight and having just lied to your brothers and sisters? and to your parents or whether you were 28 and having lived wickedness and fornication and all uncleanness or whether you were 68 and on the verge of losing all hope before passing on to eternity it doesn't matter what it is the miraculous work of God needs to be something that we have meaningful conversation about and this generation has a great challenge before it I was just talking with somebody in the lobby today uh, uh, brother Chevy uh, Jr. He's, he's a police officer and he's talking to me about how Lately, he's just been coming into many encounters with younger generations, and they, they don't know how to talk with somebody. They, they sit there nervously, and if they don't have a digital thing in front of them, they just don't know how to communicate and talk. And, and dear friend, I, I pray that among Christian families like us here in this auditorium today, that we are purposely and intentionally trying to change that because God has given us a commandment. He's told us, remember, don't forget. Don't forget to have that meaningful conversation. You say, what is that meaningful conversation about? Well, it's about sharing the truth of what Jesus Christ has done for us. It's about the truth about who Jehovah, Yahweh, as it's, as it's said in the Old Testament here, that Jehovah God, he is the one that has worked all of this together and he has done all of the work of redemption all the way from Genesis to Revelation. It is one a full, true love story. It's the love story of a God who created humankind and humankind having rejected him 
and turn to sin and wickedness. And that same God taking his son and sending his son to come and to redeem his creation and to once again create that bond bond and that fellowship and that relationship with his creation through the son, Jesus Christ. That is what we need to have meaningful conversations about. And though I love to talk sports and I love to talk politics, love to talk about visions, plans, all kinds of things, love to talk business, love to talk about uh, the oil field works and, and the economy and all sorts of stuff like that. But can I tell you right now that there is no more important, meaningful conversation than to have about the God of heaven and what he represents and what he means and the God of the Bible and how he interacts and how he intervenes on man. And what that means to me as a person, what that means to us as a family. Can I encourage you this morning, couple? I know we've gone from pillow talk to everybody on their phone facing the opposite direction. But we need to have those meaningful conversations. We need to talk about what we want for our children for the glory of God. Hey, I'm happy about them getting educated. I'm happy about them becoming doctors and lawyers. And I'm happy about them being successful in whatever trade or any type of skill work that they do. But can I tell you, you know, as a couple, we should be praying for God to use them in a mighty way. For God to preserve them in a wicked generation. We need to have those meaningful conversations around the table where we're sitting there and we're saying, hey, uh, what, what, what happened today? Is something happened in school and taking those teachable moments. And as we're sitting there next to the sideline on the soccer game, as we're there at the basketball court on the sideline, as we're at the football game, much like my, I'm so thankful and blessed that my father did that for us, those four boys. I can't remember an occasion where we didn't go into uh, uh, the Astrodome back in the day to watch the Astros or we didn't go into an arena to go watch a game that my dad didn't say hey John I wonder how many of these people are going to heaven and that would spar or spark a conversation that I hadn't thought about as a 12 year old boy or as a 15 year old boy it would spark a conversation about well something bigger than the football game is at play here there's something greater than that there's a there's a part of my mind that is it's great to be involved in that and it's great to be a part of that team and to be a part of that but there needs to be meaningful conversations about the bigger picture and about God at work you still with me haven't lost you I love you guys I say it because I feel that God tells us here in Exodus chapter 13 don't forget Don't forget. Why? Because see, God in his providential mind, he he knows the future. There's nothing that's happening in life that God doesn't know. Nothing that's going to happen in the next four years, in the next eight years, in the next 200 years is going to catch God by surprise. Nothing. He knows everything. And so here, after 430 years of captivity, he knew that the children of Israel were going to get to a place where things weren't going to be as hard where the bad guys weren't going to always win and the good guys were going to win and things were going to get comfortable and good. And he needed to lay that groundwork of saying, oh, but don't forget. Don't forget the miraculous moments. Don't forget where the victory came. It came from the mighty hand. Don't forget to have that meaningful conversation with that next generation, with your spouse, within the family, at the workplace, everywhere you go, to talk about who God is and what God has done and what God is wanting to do. 
when you bring in your employees to talk with them, when you bring in your family if Thanksgiving, this uh, upcoming couple weeks, may we, may we enjoy family. May we talk about the Lions and the Packers. May we talk about who's going to win that game or who's going to win that game. But may we also have meaningful conversation about the things that weigh in eternity, about the things that really matter when you look at the big picture of humanity and life. May that be something that overshadows the political talk, that overshadows the economic talk. May it be something that guides our minds and our hearts to say, hey, what is it that God's doing? What is it that God has done? Have I shared that with my kids? Have I shared that with my family? I need to have a meaningful conversation about this. Because you see, God tells us, remember. Oh, Moses said unto the people, remember this day in which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought you out from this place. Don't forget. Don't forget. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for your goodness towards us. Oh, Father, so many times, so easy for us to just coast through life and receive blessings and goodness. Receive your salvation for many in this room and then march on with time and forget. We forget those hospital room prayers. We forget those moments when we called upon you so that you would intervene on our behalf and you did it. And we don't have that recall in our mind. Lord, help us to remember those miraculous moments. Help us to remember that it was the mighty hand of the Lord that delivered us. It was the mighty hand of the Lord that brought about salvation in us. That brought about healing in us that brought about reconciliation in our marriage, that brought about redemption. Father, may we not forget the mighty hand that works. And Father, as we are enjoying that, as we, as we are remembering that, Lord, may we not bury that in our minds and in our hearts, but may we share that. May we have those meaningful conversations with our loved ones, with our children, with our coworkers, with those that are in desperate need of hearing that there's a God of heaven that loves them, and wants to work on their behalf. But we've got to share those stories. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just work in hearts and minds today. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Perhaps this morning you'd say, Pastor John, there's an area in my life today that God has challenged me in regards to forgetting that I have forgotten and that I need to, I need to just remember that, that that is something that I need to be intentional about to not forget. And this morning, God has challenged my heart to don't forget in a certain area of my life. And I'm going to leave this room and I leave this service with a determination and a desire to change a specific area of my life that is specific that I know that I can make a change in in regards to don't forget. Would you just pray for me, Pastor John? I'd like, to, I'd like to pray for you. If you'd raise your hand, I'd like to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. You say, that's me. There's a challenge that God's laid in my heart. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. There's an aspect of my life that I know that I need to get right and that I need to be challenged to share that with somebody today. Share that with somebody this week, this Thanksgiving, this holiday season. Perhaps this morning you say, Pastor John, I'm still waiting on that miraculous moment. You know, I, I really can't put my finger on a calendar on the date when I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And here I am, I am in November, and this, this day is, is here. And maybe this is my miraculous moment today. 
that God is going to redeem my heart. He's going to forgive my sin. I've been walking around with the weight of my sin on my shoulders, but I can't do it for another second. I can't do it for another day. I can't do it for another moment. This very moment, I want Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins and to become my Lord and Savior. If that's you today, would you raise your hand? I'd like to pray for you. You say, I want that miraculous moment to start in my life today. You say, that's me. That's me today. If you're watching on the live stream, I encourage you to even type in there if that's a decision you want to make to say, that's me today. I need to make that miraculous moment today for Jesus to redeem my heart. Father, we thank you for all that you have done. We pray, Lord, that you would just bless us and help us to continue to be on that wavelength, on that mindset, on that heart. May we not forget. May we not forget. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.